I got love for you, man. You know what, I'm <laughs> what are we talking about? You know, I'm not here to start any trouble. I'm only going to say nice things about you from now on. I think you're handsome, and I think you're a wonderful host. I'm fat and I'm overweight. Just don't say anything silly. I was waiting for you to say that. I'm not laughing about it. You think this is funny? I take this serious. You know, I don't want y'all to take anything that out of context that I'm saying. He's very funny. He likes to joke around a lot. As a personality and as an entertainer, yes. This is going to be really quick. I'm not taking any questions. Go ahead and get comfortable. I'm going to talk for a little bit. You're listening to Cabby Presents, the podcast. Thank you for clicking and downloading the podcast, whether you found it on iTunes or uh, my Facebook page or the TSN Facebook page or on Twitter. I'm happy that you found us. And if you like what you hear, log into iTunes and uh, rate or, or leave a comment because it's, uh, it's good to know how you guys feel about these conversations. I'm flying solo today, so you'll be annoyed by my voice for the next hour or so. But the two guys that I have on the podcast, you may not be annoyed by them. In fact, you won't be annoyed by them because they're pretty interesting guys and uh, we're in for a great conversation. Now, the intensity of the first round of the NHL playoffs is reaching historic levels with all the suspensions and the disciplinary actions and you know, as it as it is, it's it's super exciting uh, for the fans. Now, with that said, joining us on the podcast are two members of the Philadelphia Flyers who are in the most exciting first round matchup in the 2012 NHL playoffs. And our first guest is on the phone. If it's going to be uh, an interview, I'm going to conduct it. So I'll answer my own questions, ask myself the questions, then give y'all the answers. And to start out this candid conversation, a good friend of mine and a talented, talented, talented young hockey player from the Philadelphia Flyers, although he doesn't look like a Broad Street bully, (laughs) my guy's pain threshold is very high, and you can't bully him off the block. Wayne Simmons from the Flyers joins me. How you doing, dude? Not bad. How you doing, bro? Wonderful. Hey, first of all, first and foremost, congratulations on a on a breakout season, man. That's thank you. That's great to see, man. That's like, uh, and, and and I have to give you props on uh, on being a warrior because in one weekend, you took a puck in the face on like on a Saturday. You're still bloodied, and you <laughs> do the, po- the 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 intermission interview, blood streaming down your face. You know, you go get four stitches in your eye and your nose, and then the very next day you're you're in a fight with uh, was it Derek England? Yeah, um, Penguins. Yeah. Yeah. So like, d- dude, you're you're absolute warrior, and like, so like, you know, so how much of like, how much did ego factor into you having to go back out there to finish that game, and even play the next day? I don't even know if it was so much ego; it was just more. You know, I, I, I could still see, so I had to go help up the boys. See, that's well, that, <laughs> as long as you had some kind of vision, you're like, you're going to play. See, that's like, so, so like, do, like, do you feel like if you didn't go play, that your, your, like, your manhood would be tested or be at stake? Yeah, kind of. I don't know. It's like, I don't know the way I feel about it. You know, you're not, you're not dead. You might as well go out there and do something. I, I think, I don't know if I'd be looked down on or, anything like that, but I don't know. That's just the kind of person I am. 
Dude, they, you, you, hockey dudes are, are a different breed. You guys are extremely, extremely mentally and physically tough. And uh, we had uh, we had Joffrey Lupul on a couple of weeks ago, and he said the worst part about sustaining an injury or taking a big hit was the phone call from mom. <laughs> so how did your mom react when she heard uh, about you getting a puck in the face or she saw the footage? Um, I don't know. She's been trying to tell me since the beginning of the year that I should probably be wearing a visor. And, and I was just like, listen, it's not your body. Like, <laughs> leave me alone. And then, obviously, you know, I don't think she was too happy about that. She was happy I put the visor back on for a little bit, but now it's off and she's back on me again. Uh, of course. That's how that's how moms are. Like, Mom, I know you created me, and thank you, but now I'm my own man. You raised me to exactly. be a certain man, and I'm tough, and I'm going to go play this game that I love. Yeah, she should be happy about it. <laughs> hey, so um, the movie, okay, so the movie Battleship is coming out, and it's like it's like this huge blockbuster movie. It's like, it's like I think it comes out in April or May. $200 million right. movies with Liam Neeson and, and like, Rihanna's in it. And it's it's based on, like, a night in like an 80s board game. When you were growing up, and do you remember Markham or Scarborough? Scarborough. In Scarborough, Ontario, Canada, for our American homies that are, uh, that are listening. <laughs> growing up in Scarborough, what, what's the board game or board games, what were they that you played with your family? Um... Candyland. I remember playing that one at my aunt's house a whole a whole bunch of times. Candy? I've never even heard of Candyland. <laughs> you never played that before? No, dude. Candy? No, I don't even know. Like I saw the movie Candyman, and that freaked no, me out. Candyland. But I, Candyland. No, I don't know that one. Is no, that like is that like Hungry Hippos? I don't even remember what it was. It's just you go around and like I don't know. It's like any other board game. You go up and down stuff. <laughs> I, don't know, I played that and snakes and ladders. Okay. Do you play? Uh, okay. So now I don't know if you're uh, an iPhone guy, but you probably have an iPod. Do you play uh, Words with Friends or um, uh, what's some other ones that you could play with other people? What's the? Uh, they got a new one. Draw something. Draw something. Yeah, I've, I've heard of draw. Yeah, that. Do you play that one? Yeah, I'm on that one. I just got onto that right now. Um, I got about like a million people invite me, but I only play with people I know because. I'm not the best drawer. I probably look like an idiot. <laughs> Do you draw like you're still in uh, grade four? Yeah, I draw stick men. <laughs> <laughs> it's because you got those stick legs, which we will uh, address uh, later on. Hey, where, where are your parents from? Um, my dad's from um, Nova Scotia. Okay. From like the Halifax area called North Preston. And then um, my, mom's, my mom's born in Toronto, but... Like her ancestry is like is Jamaican invasion. Okay, so when you're in in uh, a shout out to North Preston, I've been I've been to I've been to Nova Scotia a few times. I've been to Dartmouth, but I call it Dartmouth just to disrespect it because it's across the bridge. Yeah. Like like <laughs> like Oakland is across the bridge from San Francisco. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, so when you're in Philadelphia, where do you get like home cooked type meals from? Certainly yeah, that, that Caribbean cu- cuisine. The only thing I do, like, I order, like, I love Jamaican food, so, like, I love oxtail, you know, like, stewed chicken, stuff like that. There's this one place called, like, I think it's Rio Cobra, and I just, I order takeout from there, like, every other night. No, is that, is that on South Street? I went to a, when I was in Philadelphia a couple years ago, I went to a spot on South Street. It what it wasn't, like, traditional Caribbean food, but it was, like, Caribbean-esque. It was, is that the spot? Is it on no, South Street? No, 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 no. I honestly, I couldn't even tell you where this place is. Because I don't go out too much, honestly. I stay in my house and I order takeout. Oh, okay. Okay, that makes <laughs> so sense. So that, that's my style. So I just 
I'm on the internet every night trying to figure out what I'm trying to eat. Nice. Wait, so how come you don't go out? I mean, I understand I now that you're in the playoffs. Like, are you guys, is the team on, like, a self-imposed lockdown? No, not really. It's kind of, I don't know, we're professionals. You can do whatever you want, but, you know, you just got to be smart about things. So, okay, so, like, so, but you don't really go out that much. Um, and, and you know, you you play in a city where, there are like some heavyweights, like Michael Vick plays in Philadelphia. Uh, you know, Ryan Howard and and Roy yeah. Halladay play in Philadelphia. Um, you know, uh, uh, who am I missing? Uh, I mean, there's well, there's you guys and who am I missing? I'm missing. Uh, wait, the the football team, the baseball team, the hockey Sean team. Jackson, oh, right, and the, and the Iguodala. right and Iguodala and uh, yeah. and some of those dudes. So wait, is has your uh, what's your visibility like? Um, if I go out. I'm gonna be spotted 100. percent Like it's like is it spotted in like camera phones like out like every time or what? Yeah, probably most likely. I don't know. Philadelphia is crazy. They love sports here. You know, like we have probably some of the greatest fans of any city, and they just love sports. You know, you go out, they're not people here aren't shy. You know, they're gonna to try to take pictures of you regardless of what you say. So after, yeah, like no, no thanks, guys. Like no, no, hey, no, no. So, yeah, so go around the corner and come back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So after like, so after HBO twenty four seven, that amazing reality show, did did you notice a bump up in your, uh, I guess, visibility around town? If if those times that you had gone out. Oh yeah. Um. Actually, funny story. I had a uh, the crew followed me around one day. I went to um. I went to do this event for the Snyder Foundation. Mr. Snyder does um he does an awesome foundation for the inner city youth to allow them to play hockey. So I was going to that and obviously my car my car was on T V and um I stopped in the gas station maybe like a week later and you know, someone just pulled in behind me because they recognized my car. I had to get a new car. <laughs> oh really? Yeah, everyone was recognizing my car and like stopping me and stuff, so so wait a second, you're at the gas station, some guy pulls up behind you and then comes to your window like, hey, Wayne, what's up? Like that kind of thing? Yeah, I was just, I was just on the, I was, I was pumping gas, just chilling there. And you know, some guy got out of his car and walked up to me and he was like, yo, you need a car wash. <laughs> <laughs> he gave me, gave me his card and he was like, I saw your car on TV. He's like, you know, I just want to give you a little shout out and whatever. Here's my card if you ever need a wash. Okay. Oh, so wait. So he was saying like, "Yo, man, you're a, you're a million dollar athlete. You know, get get uh, get get your get your your whip on point." <laughs> yeah, but they they made it look good in HBO. The whole thing was shiny as hell. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait. So what car did you have? I had um, an Infiniti SX35. It was all blacked out, windows tinted. But all black, black everything. Red. All black everything. You know. So so what is, so what do you have now? I got um I got a Finale. A Denali. Oh, dude, you're like you're 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 obviously trying not to be more covert. Denali's like the <laughs> large, the biggest car you can buy. Yeah, I know. Once I put some rims on that too, everyone's gonna know it's true. <laughs> <Hey>, <laughs> but then when you turn thirty, you gotta change it up because once you hit thirty, you gotta be like a grown man and stuff. And um, anyway, what's a grown man drive then? Grown man, a grown man would drive a nice, a nice, a nice Benz. You know, yeah, girl. yeah, I, I like that. I like that. Yeah, you know, a nice. Uh, you know, it depends well, on you know if you keep something. if you keep playing the way you're playing with these you know borderline thirty goal seasons. You put a string of those together, then you know you might even want to push a, a, a Bentley. Oh my, that's my my dream car, Bentley GT Coupe. Oh, those are beautiful cars. My dream car. Uh, I'm sure. Hey, I know you have. I know you have a dream that's a little more immediate. And if that one comes true, then I'm sure the other one. 
uh, with reference to this car will come true. So, um, hey, did you see the Hunger Games? Yeah, I actually did. I saw that movie. You, so okay, so like, did you did you like it or what? what was your... Yeah, it was pretty good. I thought it was good. I never read the books or anything like that, but you know, I, I still enjoyed the movie. I liked the plot. Nice. So there are like a bunch of parodies on YouTube and. And uh, obviously, you know, the, the, the premise for, for those people who don't know the premise, who are listening, it's like based, what is happening in the background right now? No, <laughs> there's a fire station right by my house. Please let it be so that I, and not, not you be. I swear to God, I swear to God, there's a fire station <laughs> right by my house. I live on the corner. Um, okay. I live in an apartment complex right on the corner and every, like, every two minutes there's a fire truck going out. Okay, okay, good. Hopefully, they, okay, I'm glad they're not coming to get you because then uh, no. <laughs> that, that'd be pretty. Uh, yeah, that'd be a uh, strange situation. So, okay, so, so the basic preference is like it's set in this dystopian future and the government's put people in these 12 districts and there's like a, a random lottery selecting like teenagers to compete in this uh, a life or death series of events for this like super reality show as my dude Lawrence told me so yeah. and only one person can survive so if your team the Philadelphia Flyers was subjected to a Hunger Games type scenario this summer which teammate would be the lone survivor the lone survivor yeah you saw know, the movie. From, you saw I'm, what the I'm people. I'm from Scarborough. I'm from Scarborough. I got survivor skills. <laughs> I think I might win that. Yeah, but like, it's okay. Okay, I, I like gotta that. I give it to myself. <laughs> I like that. But then, like, Scott Hartnell is from, like, Saskatchewan, and there's nothing but, yeah, like. He's a woodsman. He's a woodsman. <laughs> so there's another skill set. You know, Giroux is from Hearst, Ontario, which is, like, way up in the. Not like almost the northern tip of, of Ontario, just again out in the woods. So there's also a, a similar skill set. But you're still, as a dude from Scarborough, Ontario, you're still taking you. Yeah, definitely, no doubt. If there's anybody from Philadelphia listening, it's like being from South Philadelphia. It, would that be a fair assessment of Scarborough? No, it's not. I don't. I don't know. I don't think it's quite like South Philadelphia. Some areas are, but not like the whole thing. All right. I was just trying to make a little. I guess you could say that a little bit. A little uh, parable? I don't comparison. even know. If comparison? <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, parable. <laughs> Let me just keep it simple and not be a friggin' idiot. So I don't know parable. if you heard this story, but um, uh, over the week, uh, like recently, a guy broke into Puff Daddy's house yeah. in, uh, in the Hamptons. And he was there for 24 hours. He he ate his food. <laughs> he uh, he dr- did true story. He drank his liquor. He yeah. wore his clothes. He uh, showered, and he slept in his bed. Um, and then he was discovered by, like, the caretaker, blah, blah, blah. What's the most extreme case you've heard of a teammate or another athlete or another athlete go through with a fan? Go through with a fan? I don't, I've never heard anything like that. Maybe someone following you around and you're trying to drive home, but nothing to that extent. No one, like, breaking into someone's house? Clothes. I've never, never heard of anyone breaking anyone's house. I know there's, there's been guys that have been followed home and stuff like that. Like uh, guys on your team? Yeah, well, I remember um, remember in L.A. one time we were leaving practice, and um, like we were driving home, and there's a car behind us. I, remember, I think it was me and Doughty, and like halfway, halfway home, they were still behind us, and you could see them smiling at us and stuff like that. That's pretty creepy. Okay, that's cre- Okay, but you never felt like you were in danger, did you? No, 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 no. Were they girls? Um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so I like I would I would I wonder if most of those kind of situations where 
a fan is a little overzealous is kind of like this. I'll give you a story. My my really close friend, DJ Bennett, was uh, playing football at the University of Western Ontario, played for the yeah. Mustangs. And he was, you know, he had a... He had a friendship with a girl, and, you know, the friendship lasted a certain amount of time, as, you know, they often do, and then the friendship was over. But she kept showing up (laughs) to the spots that he was at. Like, every, you know, the football team, every Wednesday they'd be at this bar, and every Saturday they'd be there. So he started calling her swim fan because (laughs) (laughs) that's just just the role that she played. So so have you heard stories like that where there (laughs) are – you know, girls that just show up at the spots that you know you're gonna, that that they know you're going to be or your teammates are going to be. Yeah, well, I think that happens in every city. You know, guys they get into a routine and they start like after a game you want to go have a beer or something like that, and you, you always end up going to the same bar the majority of the time. And um, you know, fans they find out pretty quickly where you're going to be, and they keep showing up. So okay, well, you played in Los Angeles and Philadelphia. Has that happened to you? Those are two pretty big markets. Um, L.A. wasn't that bad. Actually, you know what? L.A. was probably the worst. We'd always go to this one place, and, um, you know, people would always show up there, and it's like, uh, at, at, like, one point, it's like, oh, man, we got to switch it up. We got to get out of here because there's all these fans here now. And then we switched it up, went to a different bar, and then probably about two months after that, the fans just, they just, they were all there. So the, like, is it the same group of, like, 10, 12 people? I don't know. I think it's just like fans in general. They find out where you're going to be, and you know, people people tell their friends, and they tell their friends, and they tell their friends, and you know, they're just there. Well, Wayne, why don't you just embrace the love? Oh, I'm getting used to it now. <laughs> it's a little bit crazier in Philadelphia. It's crazier oh, no. there. Oh yeah, for like, yeah, like I said, man, it's a it's a sports town. The fans love us here, and you know, it's a good thing. Can you? So, Okay, so, sorry to cut you off there. Can you, like, remember the difference? Okay, try, try to put yourself, you know, a couple years ago. Can you remember, in that sort of state of mind, can you remember the difference in the playoff environment between Los Angeles and Philadelphia? Um, LA wasn't too bad, actually. LA was pretty good in the playoffs. They all had, like, white, white towels, and most of them were black. But, you know, I think Philadelphia is just, People here are crazy. They they love they love the flyers and you know I think it's just like there's an intensity level in the building that I just don't think is is really matched anywhere else. You know, in L.A. Um, recently, like Kobe Bryant, he brought his family to the yeah, same game that. that David Beckham was at, the same game that yeah, Will, Will Ferrell was, was at. Too. Yeah, so like you have like legit huge stars that go to hockey games in Los Angeles, Philadelphia. I don't know if. There's that same, like, I mean, maybe if they're actors in town and they're shooting a movie in Philly or whatever, maybe they'll come by. But you have that element to to Los Angeles. So if that if that element is not present in Philly, then what replaces it? I think it's you get you get the true fans. You get the the, the real people that you know they just they just love the sport and they're just not going just for the sake of it. So I think that's that's the beauty of Philadelphia. Nice. Now before we get into a brief discussion about the playoffs. I have probably the most serious question I'm going to ask you in this entire conversation. This is very serious. I need to, like you can't smile. I don't like you just you need to sit down when I ask you this. All right, I'm sitting. Between Lamar Odom, Kevin Durant, and yourself, 
Who has the skinniest legs in sports? I don't know. Kevin Durant's legs are pretty skinny. <laughs> now, people see like <laughs> for people who don't like who don't ever get to meet you. Hey, do you ever wear shorts in the summertime or just wear pants? Because <laughs> you know it's funny. I got a I actually got a story about that. My uncle one time. I remember when I was younger. He's just him and my dad were just sitting in front of the house, just chilling and. I came out in a pair of shorts, and my uncle was like, you better put some pants on. You're never going to get a girl. So <laughs> Honestly, I, I've seen you a couple of times at uh, in Los Angeles and in Philadelphia. And, like, dude, like, like, like in in the first grade, we use those pencils, those HB twos, <laughs> like the the primary printers, and your yeah. legs are about as big as those. That's right. You ever seen a thoroughbred racehorse? Yes, I have. Yeah, what do their legs look like? <laughs> How powerful are they? Well, yeah, well, where, where the, where their ankles and yeah, they're they're pretty skinny, but you know the thighs. That's where in the in the backside. That's where all that power comes from. But that's a great that's a great comparison. So, so, yeah, so you're Wayne Simmons, the thoroughbred. <laughs> yeah. Very nice. Every time someone says that to me, that's that's what I say. That's what you fire back at them. Yeah, I got her. So wait, it's my, do you... line, it's my only line of defense. <laughs> and it's a great line of defense. Hey, so do you wear shorts in the summertime or no? Or has your oh, uncle yeah. scarred you, know you forever? Mean? It's hot outside. <laughs> so you do. I gotta wear shorts. <laughs> I can't wait till I see you again, man. I'm gonna just, I'm gonna just start <laughs> laughing on sight. Hey, so uh, okay, so quick, quickly, <clears throat> back in the '90s, uh, yeah. probably like you were born. What when you were born? Like '90? How old are you? Oh, 88. I'm 23. 88. Okay. So in the 90s, there was a, a a famous sports writer named Sam Smith wrote a book about Michael Jordan called the jo- the Jordan Rules. The, excuse me, the Jordan Rules. It was a okay. poignant, poignant book. It's about their their first year uh, winning the championship in 1991. So like okay. the book chronicles like how uh, Jordan you know would get get favor from the officials be, and he would get certain calls because of his status. Yeah. Now in now now up until this point, do you believe that Sidney Crosby has a certain set of rules? Um, I don't know. I don't know if you can say that in this series. I think they've taken a lot more. No, no. I'm just saying. I'm just saying in general. Maybe not just this series, but in general. In general, I don't know. I think everyone plays the same game. Well, the refs are going to call it. You know, I don't think. I think sometimes it's. I don't know. I can't even really explain that. I don't. No comment. <laughs> yeah, you can't you no comment. Bad, with me. You put me in a bad situation. What do you want me to say? What are you talking about? You can just say yes or no. Like, yeah, you think that he gets certain treatment, or no, he doesn't get certain treatment. No, no. Hey, I'm not. Hey, listen, I'm not. This is. This has been known as the throwing words in my mouth. No, no, no. I'm just no. I'm just. <laughs> I just ask questions, Wayne. Uh, this has been known as the hashtag under the bus podcast, where we just throw people under the bus. So. Yeah, so I don't have to answer the question. I'm not put, being put under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> it's also the 100% fact-free podcast at times. <laughs> so, uh, okay, so, like, okay, your perspective in this situation might be tough because you're so entrenched in this battle uh, with Pittsburgh. But could you have imagined a time when Crosby's public image took a hit like it is right now? Um, I don't, I don't think so. What else you want me to say? No, I just, well, no, I guess you want to just like, you're, I guess, well, you're, you're, 
I mean, he do you believe? Do you feel like he's been playing uncharacteristic based on what you've? Based on who you've played against in the past, the the variations of Sidney Crosby. Honestly, I've never I've never really played against him before. I've I played in the West, and I think I may have played him once before this year, and now I've played him probably about four or five times. So everything I've seen from him is, you know, I've seen over the last four or five games, and you know, I obviously I think that's I don't know that's that's what I see him as. But that's the real. Obviously, he's a competitor and he wants to win the game and. You know, I think that's what you get when you want to win the game. I think everyone does it, so everyone's going to be feisty. You know, they're going to, you know, they're going to try to hit you. They're going to do whatever they can to win. Do you think it's weird? Do you think that the experience is weird or uncomfortable for Max Talbot, who has to play his former team, the Pittsburgh Penguins? Obviously, Talbot is on the Flyers, and Aaron Asham, who's on the Pittsburgh Penguins, but he used to be a member of the Philadelphia Flyers. Do you think it's weird for those guys to have to play their former teams and yeah, and the series I, being the way it is? Yeah, I think so. But, um, you know, you got to cut the cord sooner or later. I'm pretty sure this series will make them cut the cord, that's for sure. Right. You're, are you um, are you tight with Shen? Like, is he one of the guys that you hang out with Because just by virtue of your age? Yeah, no, me and Shen are pretty tight. So when dude, when, when dude took a, a cross-check in the face... Were you like, oh, this, this is, it's really on, or, 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 and, and like, and what did he say when he came back to the bench, or later, you know, like in the intermission? Shen is a tough kid, you know. He was all right. Came back straight to the game after that, and you know, I think in any, any, um, any circumstance where your teammate and you know, something like that happens to your teammate, I think everyone's gonna get mad. Is it just like, is, is it just real? Is it like it's really on though, isn't it though, Wayne? Like in this series, like, is it, is it almost reached the point of anything goes? Um, I, I wouldn't say that anything goes. I think, no, I think we've tried to be smart about it. You know, we try to play between whistles, play your hard hockey, play hockey hard, I mean, play the game hard. And, you know, when you initiate things, I think like we've, we have been, you know, we're throwing big hits and stuff like that. But within, but within like the rules, you know, things are going to happen. And you know, I think we've done a good job with that. So you guys, so by that definition, you mean you've played more disciplined hockey? Um, I think we've, We've probably had more power plays than they have, so yeah. So take me into take me into the dressing room after Game Three, the after the first intermission, all, like all kinds of stuff happened in that first period. Yeah, it's, it's and we've we've caught we got a little glimpse of it in uh, in HBO's twenty four seven of what your what the conversations are like between the coach and. Uh, I guess in the room because it doesn't seem like other people really talk except you know let's go get them boys or some kind of variation of that. So Laviolette walks in the room in the first intermission and says what? Um, after first period of game three. Yeah. Kind of just keep going. I think that was the first time we've had the lead after the first period in the series. So <laughs> I think he was pretty happy and he just wanted us to stick to our game. What what um what was helping us be successful. And I was getting pucks deep and. You know, finishing our heads going to the mat. Hey, have you ever seen strength like Yager's before? The dude I've was carrying another dude. I've never, I don't think I've ever seen that ever. One hand on a stick, just going and perfect pass to G. Like That's, that. He's a beast. He is a beast. Like that dude is like 40. I mean, I don't know if he's actually 40, but yeah, he, he is 40. He's 40. He's 40, yeah. and he's carrying a dude like a running back, like he's uh, Adrian Peterson or something. And on the way to the like that—that's just unbelievable. Like, was he getting like, 
What was? How were you guys? How did you guys react to that? Oh, he kind of just laugh about it. If you know, if you know Yards, you did an interview with him. The type of guy he is, you know, he's he's a hardworking guy. You know, I, I probably he's probably one of the hardest workers on the team. He's forty years old. He does does a lot of extra work, and you know, for me that's that's not surprising. I see him in practice. I've seen him do it a few times, a few times every day. So it's you know, it, it's pretty incredible. Okay, last hockey thing I'll ask you, and then we'll switch topics. Um, after that game, Crosby just said to, in like in some clips that there's nobody on your team that he likes. Is there anybody on the Pittsburgh Penguins that you like? Um, not at this moment. I I can't say that I don't like them in a personal way or anything like that. But you know, we're playing a series here. You know, it's going to be it's a battle, and you know, once you step on the ice, I don't think you you're supposed to like the other team. Well, yeah, obviously, but you know, guys have friends around the league and and stuff yeah. like that, and and I don't know. Have you ever been in a? Have you ever played in a an, an intense rivalry like this one? No, this is probably the most intense rivalry I've played, and I think the only other time where you know it's been kind of animosity like this was probably my first year in the playoffs when we played Vancouver. I remember that. Yes, I remember that. And it was a funny thing because I ended up having a huge battle with Shane O'Brien. And, um, you know, I'm actually buddies with him now, so. Okay, so there you go. Yeah, he ha- he's actually a very funny dude. Yeah, exactly. He's a so fun it's, dude. I think it's, it's, one, it's one thing when you're on the ice, you know, you don't like anyone really, but, you know, I think it's, it's completely different when you step off the ice. Now, switching gears, um, P.K. Subban was on the podcast, I think, a couple weeks ago. What is PK saying? <laughs> <laughs> PK is hilarious. Like I, 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 I want, like I just saw PK on the weekend, and <laughs> I want to tell this story, but I can't tell this story. I'll just have to, uh, I'll just have to text it to you or something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, so, so PK played his uh, junior. I think he said in Belleville. Yeah, he played for the Bulls. Right, and he had to listen to country music a lot. <laughs> um, and, and then he actually became a fan. We were having a, a music discussion, and he became a fan of some music, of country music artists. Now, where, yeah. did, where did you play your junior? I played at Owen Sound in Sault Ste. Marie. Okay, so also remote, small-town yeah. Ontario places. Oh, yeah. So what kind of music were you subjected to? Uh, my first year, you know, it was a lot of, like, I don't know, the guys listened to, like, a lot of, like, pop rockish kind of stuff and then like nickelback country, i think i think country comes like when you're in a hockey room like a lot of the guys they love country music so you're not listening to it no matter what <laughs> so okay but have you okay have you then become a fan of anything of any country music artists um you know you know what i don't mind it really i don't i don't mind listening to it some songs are all right but it's not like I don't think it's something I'm going to race home and download and put on my iPod, you know? <laughs> yeah, I understand. Like, if, if it's on, if it's on, I'm not going to complain. It's, it's all right. It's okay. It's cool. name, name a song or an artist who fits in that, that description, what you just said. You're not going to complain um, that it's on. I couldn't even put an artist with a song. Tell you the truth. <laughs> well, sing me, a, sing me four bars. <laughs> I can't even sing you four bars from a country song. <laughs> I'd have to think about it. I'd sound like an idiot. I'm not a singer. Apparently, you're not an artist either. No, no, I'm the worst. But you're, you're... Not, I don't know. I heard, I heard you get one of three things when you're on. You're either an athlete, you're artistic, or you're smart. Huh. So I only got the, 
athletic one. Oh, that's pretty interesting. Dude, I'm neither of any of those three. I'm fat. That's uh, that's the category I'm under. I don't think that, that that's a category. You ought to be one of the three. Oh, boy. An artist. Jeez, that's I, that. That's going to take some deep contemplation and some self-reflection. Hey, you right never there. heard that one before. Huh? No, I did. I, I'm. Thank you for giving that to me, man. <laughs> Based on those three categories of dudes, artists, yeah. athletes, smart individuals, it's clear that I need to put in some work, not in the athletic department, <laughs> not in the brains department, in the artistic department. Where, Why the artistic? Yeah. Where? Whereas. You cannot sing. I'm gonna be working on my vocal cords because I need to fit into <laughs> I need to fit into a group, and that might be that might be the the best chance I have. <laughs> and um, you know the you know you're in a position where you know if everything goes according to your guys' plan that you set out a long time ago, then yeah. very very big things will happen. And uh, that dream that you that I, the dream that I know that you have that you dreamt of when you were younger may come true. So I wish you luck on that journey. And, uh, man, it's been exciting watching you play. And, and this and, and this series with uh, Pittsburgh has just been unbelievable for the fans. So keep it up, man. Keep it intense and do what you got to do, homie. Thanks, bro. I appreciate that. My pleasure. So I'll see you this summer. And if I see you with shorts on, definitely expect <laughs> a few comments. Don't say anything. Yeah, no, you, you can expect let them. Let me be, I, let me be, let me be. <laughs> I'll let you live after I rip you a little bit. All right, that's cool. <laughs> Wayne, thank you so much for being on the podcast, man. No problem, my pleasure. All right, dude. I like that Wayne just gave me some knowledge. I mean, it's, it's not surprising because he's an astute 23-year-old, and even though he he's uh, in the athlete uh, slice of the pie in the pie chart, He's got a good head on his shoulders. And, I, you know, I should aim to be in the smart person category, not the... Uh, and, I, and, like, I, I should get, like, I should pick up some more Malcolm Gladwell books or Jeremy Scahill or Michael Lewis. Who else have I heard that's great? Matthew Taibbi, Michael, uh, Michael Moore. I love Michael Moore. And, and being, but, you know, like, being as though I'm an idiot... And, and and singing is the category of person I'd like to be a park, part of, and music's my thing, I'll probably just go get the audiobook. Because people of my intelligence, they just listen. They don't do all that reading. Our, uh, our next guest joining us is a big ball of energy, is a big ball of light, a big head of hair, and one of the nicest guys in the NHL, and most fun to interview, he's on that list. He joins us on the phone now. If it's going to be uh, an interview, I'm going to conduct it. So I'll answer my own questions, ask myself the questions, then give y'all the answers. And joining me now is one of the most recognizable players in the National Hockey League, not only because of his wonderful smile and the fact that he falls down all the time, but he scores goal, but he's got a beautiful Head of Hair, Scott Hartnell, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. Uh, thanks for having me. My pleasure. Hey, dude, so you had like uh, a crazy year, like a career year, uh, 37 goals. Where did all this come from? Because uh, this isn't necessarily in your track record to be producing like you are. Uh, 
Now I'm on a line with Claude Giroux. <laughs> <laughs> so I, it was it was a, a awesome year. I had a lot of fun. Uh, probably one of the funnest years that I had. And obviously playing with uh, one of the greatest players of all time, Yager and uh, Giroux, and uh, just the whole team. We had a great year uh, collectively as well. Hey, did your teammates razz you about that? What was that that breakaway goal you had? Like. It was towards the end of the season. It was like it was. It was. I was like, like uncharacteristic of you. But did they? Did they give you like? Did they chirp you about that? Do you know uh, what I'm talking about? Um, maybe just a shot, the crossbar, and in or something like that, or uh, what? Well, how many breakaway goals have you had, dude? You have. You, you're not like Yager. You got like a, a million in the vault. No, how- I, I had two in uh, in like in the span of a week, and they both <laughs> were kind of the same shot. I shot at the high glove both times. So. Uh, they both went in, but I'll take them. I guess uh, you know the odd nice one, but most of them are just down and dirty. So yes, you're you play in the trenches, so to speak. Yeah, like even though I saw you complete like a Wayne Gretzky type pass uh, to Briere in um, it was like back in 2010. I think you were you were falling. And it was like behind the back. It was it was gross. I think it was either against Boston or Montreal. I remember I was at that game and I saw it. Like the the finesse game isn't really as part of your repertoire. Is is Claude running uh, rubbing off on you? Yeah, he's uh, silky smooth. Uh, you know, mitts that he's got on him. Uh, you know, maybe playing with him and hanging out with him all the time. Uh, you know, maybe I get that all. I black out a lot. You know, black out. I <laughs> you're like you're like. You're, you're like Will Ferrell in old school when he's at, 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 during that debate. He just blacks yeah. out, and that's yeah. it. Th- I don't know what th- happened. I blacked out. I don't know. Yeah. So that, okay, that happens to you. That's awesome. Hey, so um, uh, your uh, your campaign video for the cover of NHL 13 is awesome. How did you uh, like that? Yeah, dude, it was, it's hilarious. How did that um come to be? Well, obviously, I was going against Drew, and I knew that uh, he's got a lot of fans. Uh, you know, back in Ottawa and up in Hearst, where he's from, and. Obviously, Philadelphians uh, love G, and you know I think uh, you know I got a lot of loyal fans here as well and around uh, Canada. But uh, you know I had to do something to you know try and get me even close to him. And you know I wasn't able to beat him uh, in the first round, but I was able to get that wild card spot. And <laughs> I just you know I was just talking with uh, a friend of mine, and she goes, you know it'd be funny, you know this is campaign, you know the 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 election presidential elections coming up. She's like, you should do like a funny. Uh, presidential thing, and you know, at the end of it, say, you know, I'm Scott Hartnell, prove this message stuff. So, you know, it kind of brings out the light side of, of me, like you know, uh, Cabby, a fun love a guy, just love to have fun every day. The part of that that I really loved is that the advice came from a girl. You're like you're <laughs> a female friend of yours. Uh, that's that's the part that perked up, uh, that made me smile. Yeah, it was pretty funny. It's just, uh, <laughs> the, the Flyers people helped me out with it. It's, uh, you know, maybe we'll have another one uh, coming up if I make it past this uh, uh, second round. So we had Corey Snyder on the uh, podcast last week, the goalie from the Vancouver Canucks, who is uh, who is a redhead. And sometimes he's mistaken for the third Sedin twin. And uh, we asked him about the term ginger. Now, is that, a, is that offensive to you, that term ginger? Uh, not really. Uh, you know, I don't have the, the bright fire crotch red hair like uh, <laughs> uh, some, some people do. But, you know, in the right light, it gets a little gingy. So uh, <laughs> I, uh, I'll take it. And, uh, you know, this, this, you know, we're a dying breed, you know, so I've been told many times. So, I, you know, you got to be proud and uh, represent at all times. Yeah, you guys are gonna be like you guys are gonna be like the new coolest group of people. I don't know who's got I don't know who's got it now, but like in like a year, like people with red hair will be like everybody's gonna try to be like want the freckles and the you know and yeah. the, the uh, 
fire crotch, if you will. Um, okay, so so after so we asked him, we asked Corey. I'm going to ask you the same thing to construct a Mount Rushmore of redheaded athletes. Um, and so I have I have some guys on the ballot, but feel free to offer up a write-in selection. But here's so you know Mount Rushmore, only four dudes. Here you go. Carrot top. Wait, uh, but he's not an athlete. He's just on the juice, but he's not an athlete. Okay. okay. Who's that the skateboarder? Sean White? Okay, yeah, Sean White. There's one. Um, Boris Becker, famous tennis player. Yeah. Alexei Lalas, who was a soccer player from the American, uh, for the United States. Uh, the Sedin twins, they can count as one. You can put like, well, if you put one half of one's face, one half of the other is still the same person. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mark McGuire, uh, Blake Griffin, who plays for the Clippers, and yourself. So those are, we have like seven guys. Sean White, Boris Becker, Alexei Lalas, the Sedin twins, Mark McGuire, Blake Griffin, and yourself, Scott Hartnell. Who's on your Mount Rushmore? Uh, Sean White, for sure. Boris Becker, one of the best tennis players that's ever played. Um, I don't really want to vote for myself, even though it would be kind of cool to be a Mount Mount Redmore. Uh, (laughs) Mount Redmore, uh, that would be the the name of the mountain, Mount Redmore. Yep. Half of the Sedin twins, I like that. So you can fit another guy on there, <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's about it. So wait, wait, you're you're gonna pass on the Sedin twins? We're gonna put uh, them... no, no, yeah, half, half each, half a day. Ha- oh yeah, half uh, each. Okay, yeah. Hendrix, yeah. And then okay, so left on this list is Blake Griffin, Mark oh, McGuire. And Blake Griffin, yeah, and... he, he'd be above all. He can dump, dump like, no, no, none other. So, so Blake. So okay, so so to Blake, Blake Griffin. Yeah. Uh, White. Sean White. Boris and the Sedin. Boris Becker and one half of Henrik's face and one half of uh, Daniel Sedin's face on Mount Rushmore. Um, Okay, so let me just just switch to the playoffs real quick. And this is the only time we're ever going to be serious because usually our conversations are never serious. In fact, I remember after one, one playoff game a few years back, I gave you a sheriff's badge. Because you had a great game, I think you had like a two-goal game. Like you were killing it. It was the I year remember, that you guys yeah. you guys went to the uh, Stanley Cup Finals. Yep. So that's you know that's the kind of crap that I do. But anyway, as, as you know, so um, back in the '90s, a writer named Sam Smith wrote a book called The Jordan Rules, and it chronicled the Bulls' first championship in 1991. The book like goes into detail about like how Michael you know would work the officials, how he would get certain calls because of his status. So up until this point, do you believe that Sidney Crosby has a certain set of rules? Um, I wouldn't say uh, he has a certain set of rules, but I think obviously when he's out there, uh, I wouldn't say he gets away with more than uh, the other person, but, um, you know, like a little shot after a whistle, it might not get called against some things like that. and. You know, I think the the best part of uh, of what we're doing together as a team is we're frustrating every single player on their team, and they're, uh, you know, I think they've lost focus a little bit. But you know, definitely, I think uh, you know, superstars in this league, in any league, get uh, you know, get a break here, here, uh, here and again, and and that's just the way the world works. I think. Okay, so your your okay your your perspective might be tough in this particular situation about this particular question I'm going to ask you because you're so deeply entrenched in a battle with Pittsburgh, but could you have imagined a time when Sidney Crosby's public image has taken a hit like it has now? Um, yeah, you know I don't want to say too much about it. I want to 
you know, get mixed in words, but, you know, definitely, you know, you, you put Sydney on a, on a little bit of a pedestal, just the player he is and the way he's come across, you know, in the past, uh, you know, winning a championship, winning a gold medal, like, you know, this, this guy's done it all. He's a great, you know, a good man. And, and uh, you know, just, just the way, you know, I kind of lay back to, you know, him being their leader, I think, uh, you know, just maybe questionable a little bit, you know, in my eyes and other people's eyes. But, you know, still I think, uh, you know, we got to be careful and, and put this series away just because we don't want him to get hot, their team to get hot, and, uh, you know, they can come back from anything. Dude, you guys, you played – Pittsburgh, like, 08 Eastern Conference Finals, 2009 the first round, and, like, now this one in, in 2012. Are you surprised that he has played the way he's played? Um, and I, I don't want to say that he's dirty or anything, like maybe just more intense, but are you surprised that he's kind of, you know, taking, like, little cheap shots and, like, th- this seems a little uncharacteristic of him? Yeah, it's, it's a very good word. I'm characteristic. And, um, you know, it is the playoffs, and I know that, uh, you know, we're trying to do everything to, to win, and they're trying to do everything to win. I just, uh, um, you know, I've never seen that side of, of the Pittsburgh Penguins before, you know, taking cheap shots and, you know, getting in all these altercations. And usually the, the, the more focused group, and, you know, for the first three games, I think that's, that's we've kept our, our cools. We, we've been, you know, smart to, after the whistles, and, you know, uh, you know, in the heat of the moment, you you want to protect your teammates and, and you know do this kind of stuff. And, and you know, who says that I would you know go overboard uh, after something happens to our best player? So, um, you know, I'm not trying to act like a, a saint or anything like that because I'm not. But um, you know, definitely you gotta you respect the rules of the hockey game, respect the respect our you know what we got going, and respect each other even though they're on the other team. Dude, it's it's almost like a role reversal because you guys are the Broad Street Bullies. You guys are the team that's normally scrappy, beats dudes up. Like that's that's been the characteristic of the Philadelphia Flyers, you know, which which that sort of style of play was established in the '70s and certainly has is uh, evident in the last four or five years. So it's it's kind of is that is that strange that like th- like these teams have to play that style to beat you, or, and they're not beating you, but like that's that's how they feel they need to play against you guys. Well, I think you look at our team. I think we can play any kind of style that that uh, you know teams want us to play or try and get us to play. And you know we got guys that can fight, stick up for each other. But you know we're focused on you know scoring goals and shutting down their top guys and, and winning the hockey game. That's most important. And, you know I'm not trying to you know say a message that they're just out there running around like idiots. They're not. They're just uh, you know they want to win just as bad as us. And it's just uh, you know it's a lot about. You know, just and our power play's been great. We've had lots of opportunities on the power play because uh, you know they haven't been that disciplined, and uh, you know I think that's been that's the biggest factor in the series. Hey, do you think it's weird or like uncomfortable for Max Talbot to play against his former former team, the the Pittsburgh Penguins, and Aaron Asham to play against his former team, the Philadelphia Flyers? Well, I think Max is loving it. Obviously, um, you know we're up three nothing. There's uh, you know a lot to smile about, but. You know, this is uh, this hockey. It's the nature of the business. You, you know, you have to go where the money is. You, you know, you, you only play for a certain number of years. And you know, I hated playing against Max. He's probably the, the most hated guy on that team when we played them. And, you know, we lost out. He's sitting there smiling at you. And, you know, he gave that uh, you know finger to his mouth to you know, shut up the crowd when they came back from a, a three nothing deficit that game. So, 
you know, he was probably public enemy number one, and now that he's on our team, you know, you can now see you how, love the guy. Yeah, I love the guy, and you can see that that he's frustrating. You know, his you know his some of his best friends that he you know played for five six years on that that organization. So uh, it's just uh, it's just funny how the world works, and and uh, you know what uh, you know what comes around. I, that, that must be so weird to experience that. Like, like you know, yeah, you just said he played five or six years with Pittsburgh, and now he's got to, like, you know, be smashing dudes in the corner and being the pest or the, you know, the uh, antagonizer that he's been before to those guys. I just, it just, I don't know. I, I don't know if he's, has he ever said anything about it? Like, oh, man, just like in passing, like, this is kind of weird for me. Uh, no, I think, I think he wants to win, you know, he. You know, he took he went out on a limb to, you know, come to a, you know a bitter rival, uh, you know, across the state, and you know the, the you know the opportunity that he got there, you know, scoring two goals in Game Seven, Stanley Cup Final, to you know to bring back the cup to Pittsburgh, like you know he had every reason to stay there, and you know he went out on a limb to to come to Philly, and you know I think he believed in our organization, believed in uh, you know players that that we had and have, and, and uh, you know hopefully this is our year. Uh, we're happy to have Max. You know, he's, he's had a great series so far. He's got two or three goals. And, uh, he's just being a pest, which, uh, which he does best. <laughs> okay, I got two more, and then I'll, I'll get you out. Um, so, so after this, this is the last like hockey, hockey question I'm going to ask you. After that game three loss, Crosby said in a press conference or uh, just in a clip, he doesn't like anyone on your team. There's nobody that he likes. So, with Aaron Asham aside. Since you guys were teammates for a number of years in Philadelphia, is there anyone that you like on that team, on Pittsburgh's team? Um, you know, to be honest, I've met a couple of other guys, you know, a couple of different times at you know uh, NHL PA meetings and stuff like that. And um, it's weird in the hockey world; you don't really find too many bad guys. You know what I mean? That you, you wouldn't want to go have a beer with, or you wouldn't want to go for a round of golf with. Uh, you, you hear mostly positive things about almost every guy and, and uh you know even guys that you hate the most like you know brad marchand from from boston like i hate you know you, you hate that guy to play with him just to look at him <laughs> the way he plays and he just gets you know he gets under your skin and you know and then claude root you know he played with him at uh you know, maybe world juniors with his roommate and you know they had the best like two weeks of their life together you know what i mean like yeah yeah it's awesome and, and it's like oh geez you wish you'd hear the exact opposite that he was a uh, just a nasty guy, a bad dude, you know. But you hear these stories of all these these guys that are, uh, you know, great guys. And, you know, hopefully, uh, <laughs> you know, I I, you know, I think myself as a good guy off the ice and a, and a fun guy. You know me well, Cappy. And, yeah. You know, these these guys hate me, but you know, if, if I was a teammate, uh, you know, I'm sure they they they, uh, <laughs> they love me. But you know, who knows? But it's it's part of the game as we we, you know, instead of that, you know, he doesn't like anyone on our team, and you know, I don't think any of us like any of them either. So it's uh, just part of the deal. You are a good dude. Okay, last question. This is the most important question that I'm going to ask you in this particular conversation. With your play, Scott, and your physical look, and your extroverted personality, it's very you're 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 a bullion. You're you're great. You're friendly. You're a marketer's dream. Your hair is your signature. Your signature <laughs> style. Last week we had Christopher Stieg on the podcast, and with his current style. He's put himself in a category of great hockey hair. And he was honored to be on the list that I will read for you. And I would like you to rank the top five from this list of players with great hockey hair. 
Now, Perfect. don't be. I, if you're if you're humble, I'm gonna punch you in the face. Do not be humble, okay? All this, right. Am I on the list? <laughs> of, course, <laughs> of course, you're on the list. Okay. Here's the list, in no particular order: Roberto Luongo, Christopher Stieg, yourself, Scott Hartnell, Eric Carlson, Claude Giroux, Stephen Stamkos. And Ryan Smith, seven dudes. You have to pick five. One more time: Luongo, Versteeg, yourself, Carlson, Giroux, Stamkos, and Ryan Smith. Your top five, uh, sir. I, I'm surprised Henrik Lundqvist on there. He's probably got the best pair of late that guy. Do you want to? Do you want to write him in? I mean, it's hard to see it out of the back of his helmet. I mean, we rarely see the back of his head. Yeah, true. He doesn't. Well, he doesn't have like the long, you know, the hockey hair. But you know, you look at his hair. It's, uh, you know, in a, in a photo shot or something, doesn't have a hair on the face that guy. <laughs> but uh, no, I'd take uh, um, number five would probably be uh, Ryan Smith. Okay. He's uh, he's had that hair a long time. It's classic, uh, classic hockey hair. He's had it uh, since before he lost teeth. Yeah. Uh, number four, let's throw uh, Steger in there. First he he's uh, he's got some uh, nice. It's, it's straight though. Straight long hair. It's a little bit longer than City. Uh, number three, you got to give it to goalie uh, Luongo. He's got the, you know, the curly kind of long bullet there. It's pretty nice. <laughs> uh, what are my other choices? Yeah, you're, they're still they're still on the board. Carlson, Giroux, Stamkos, and yourself still on the board. Um, two spots I'll, left. I'll throw I'll throw myself in number two. What? Wow, that is okay. Number two, I you know I don't want to go number one. I don't want to pick myself, but uh, you know I got the, the curly locks that are pretty crazy. Every you know even uh, Adams in the fight last night, he was, he was trying to pull get some stuff. So, <laughs> pulled my hair. He was trying to pull your hair? Yeah, he did pull my hair. What? How yeah. how can a grown man do that to another grown man? It's not I we're know. not in grade three. I know. I don't know what it is. But. Uh, and then I'll say number one, a uh, little Swedish guy from uh, Ottawa, Carlson. He's got the, he's got the hair. When he goes, he's like the fastest skater ever three four. When it gets going, it gets flopping in the winter. <laughs> it's, it moves a particular way when he went in the, in the wind yeah. when he's moving. So fast, that guy. Okay, so the, to review, the hockey hair pantheon, according to Scott Hartnell, goes like this. At the five, Ryan Smith. At the four, Christopher Stieg. At the three, Roberto Luongo. At the two, Scott Hartnell. Number one, Eric Carlson. Love it. I love it. Other than Hartsey, we got to get you a nickname, dude. It can't just be Hartsey. I don't know. It's, uh, that was my Twitter. Well, my Twitter name, Hartsey19. So it is, uh, it is what it is. You got to find one for me or what? Yeah, you know, it, like the next time we hang out, and like based on, like it, it's got to come organically, and just in, yeah. in, a, in a hangout session, or we go somewhere, or something, and it'll 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 come up. We'll we'll find we'll find something that works, and, and find something that's perfect for you. All right, good stuff. This time of year is awesome, and when old rivalries become new again, it makes for an exciting viewing experience. And, and the Flyers Pens opening round series is fireworks. So thank you to Wayne Simmons for sharing his thoughts about the series, Scarborough, Ontario, and his thoroughbredian skinny legs. Uh, You can follow Wayne on Twitter, at Simmons17. That's at S-I-M-M-O-N-D-S-17, one word. 
And also, huge thanks to Scott Hartnell for joining me in conversation. Scott, you should be on the Mount Redmore along with Sean White, Boris Becker, and Blake Griffin. Thank you for giving me Mount Redmore. Uh, but that's only one man's opinion. You can Scott, uh, you can follow Scott Hartnell on Twitter at Hartsey19. That's at H A R T S Y 19. Again, one word. Lastly, on this week's Cabbie Presents, we take you to the backwoods of Arizona on set of Steve Nash's new vitamin water spot. It's pretty funny. He's dressed in a cowboy outfit, so uh, so you'll be entertained. Steve Nash, at the very least, is super entertaining. So that's Friday on SportsCenter. And uh, you can hit me up on my Facebook page, facebook.com slash Cabral Richards, or on Twitter, at The Real Cabbie. Cabbie spelled C-A-B-B-I-E. Thank you for listening. And I'm Cabbie, and I'm gone. Thank you for listening to Cabbie Presents, the podcast.